All right, um, John chapter 20, John chapter 20, verse 16. We're going to pick up a little bit where we left off. Man, y'all are a good-looking group of people, uh, except for a couple of you. But everybody else, looking, looking really good, looking really good. Amen. Are you glad you came today? Amen. Me too. If you're wondering if God's still working, you, you've seen an illustration. He's still working. He's still alive. He's still on the throne because, man, there's some things that it takes Jesus to fix. You can reform yourself. You can do better. But, man, if you want your life to change, it takes Jesus. Muhammad can't do it. Buddha can't do it. There's a lot of people try to help you, but, man, only Jesus can change your spirit. Amen. John 20, 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary... She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Hmm. Touch me not. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Now, what we do is we preach to you, come to church to try to touch Jesus. After the resurrection, he looks at Mary and says, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. I want you to notice this because I, 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 this, this is not mainstream religion teaching right here, and it's going to mess with you. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that, that he had spoken these things unto her. You can go ahead and be seated. This has um, This has always bothered me. Because uh, I've read explanations of this, and there's a lot of theologians that tackle this and try to explain to us why Jesus told Mary not to touch him. And what's amazing, Robin, is it tells us why. It says, I've not ascended yet to my father. But they try to make sense out of it because um, on day eight, he sees Thomas, and he says, Thomas? Touch my hands. Put your hand. Put your finger thither. And he allows Thomas to touch him. So we wonder if Jesus was a male chauvinist. <laughs> and he was like, nah, ain't letting her touch me. But Thomas, here, check that out. There, there's something more to this than that. Um, a lot of people try to explain it. Up. Uh, when he said touch me, it meant hold on to me. Mary, don't hold on to me. But he says very plainly, I've not ascended yet to my father. And then he says, go tell my brethren, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. So he tells us in John chapter 14, when you read John chapter 14, I don't have time to break all of this down. And, I, and, and here, here's where I'm at as a minister. Brother Eddie, I came to the pulpit today and I said, man, I've got to preach basic because there's going to be people there that just came because somebody made them. How many people were tricked into coming today? Somebody tricked you. <laughs> Bo, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Bo's like, that's me. I, I wasn't coming, but they got me. Um, so the, the people are here for different reasons, and people are on so many different levels spiritually. So it's like, God, I got to preach very basic to make it to where everybody can understand it. And he said, the truth works whether they understand it or not. Because I'll be honest with you, when I went to the altar, I didn't really understand what all was going on. I just knew that something was happening inside of me. Can I get an amen? 
I knew that God was dealing with me and I needed to do something about it. And so I went to the altar before the preacher preached. He didn't even give the altar call yet. I don't even know if he gave an altar call, but Jesus did. So you don't have to understand it all completely, but I want to show you this, that Jesus did some things for us post-resurrection, Dustin, that I don't know that we quite understand. Because he comes, he says, don't touch me. I've not ascended to my father. And we see the ascension and we talk about the ascension and we preach about the ascension. When the disciples are standing and they're watching Jesus go into heaven and the angels ask the, the age long question, why stand ye here gazing? I'm going to tell you why, angel, because there's a dude floating. And I would be standing there gazing too. Like, why stand you here gazing? Because Jesus, it just took off, and I want to watch it. That's why I'm gazing. I would be gazing. Would you not be gazing? I mean, come on. I've seen people watch balloons forever. You let a helium balloon go, and everybody. So imagine if that's a dude. That's cool. I would be looking too. Why stand you here gazing? That said, this same Jesus, which you see go away, is coming back in like, like manner. That's talking about the second coming of Christ. Amen. The Bible says that he's, he, was, he ascended and he sat down on the right hand of the Father. But when you read John 14 and when you read John 20, you're going to find out that Jesus began to tell the disciples some things that wasn't about the second coming. They were about the right then and right now. Can I take a minute to show you this so we'll know what I'm talking about? In John chapter 20, Shane, if you'll give me that. Jesus begins to ex explain to the disciples. He says, I'm going to go away. He said, and, and, and I'm, going, I'm going to come back. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you. I'm, I'm going to be right back. And he's not talking about the second coming. And he tells Mary, he says, don't touch me. He said, it, don't touch me because I'm not ascended to the Father. Now, here, here's where i got to teach you something real quick. Old Testament. If you don't understand the Old Testament, you can't understand the New Testament. If you don't understand the tabernacle, you don't understand the complete work of redemption. It's not a, an old Bible and a new Bible. It's the same Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. There was a testator. Things begin to change. So in the Old Testament, we see that there was a priest. And what the priest would do was offer a sacrifice. You brought a lamb every year to the priest. That priest would take that lamb and slay the lamb. And he would apply the blood so that your sins would be forgiven for a year. Every year you had to bring a spotless lamb. And the priest did this every year. The Bible says that when Jesus showed up and John seen him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So we know that he is classified as the Lamb of God. What's interesting is Hebrews tells us that he entered once into the holy place with his own blood. Can I give you an illustration real quick? Old Testament, here's how it worked. There was a priest. There was a, there was a lamb. And there was someone who brought the lamb. I think he could have brought you. <laughs> so he, he is the offerer, right? He is offering the lamb. The lamb is the sacrifice. And the priest is the one that would take the sacrifice and he would apply the blood for him. How many entities do you see right here? Simple math. Good job. Y'all did great. One, two, three. You got three, right? Now, when we read the New Testament, thank you. Jesus said he entered into the holy place with his own blood. 
Now, the Bible tells us that he is our high priest. So not only was he the offerer, but he was also the offering, and he was the one that took, let me, let me say it like this, Jesus did it all by himself. He didn't need no help from an outside source. So when I worship, I worship him because he is the only one that got my salvation. He's the only one that paid the price for me. He is my savior. He is my redeemer. He is my king. So when they sing about Jesus, you'll have to excuse me if I dance a little. You'll have to excuse me if I get excited. I, I love this. I feel preachy already. I love this. I love when men don't worship and they say, I'm not emotional. And I love the way Vody Bachman says it. He says, really, you're not emotional. Well, let me go to the golf course with you, fella, and let you shank one. And I see you say, I seem to hit that one poorly. Because you're not emotional. Or, or let this happen. Let you go to work, and they've got all your stuff packed up in a box, and they got a pink slip sitting on the sidewalk, and they say, you're fired. Oh, you're not emotional. You would say, hmm, interesting. But I have enjoyed my tenure here. I must now move on. Or let your beloved sports team lose the game when they seem to be up and the other team comes back. Let me see you say, it seems that the other team has more points than we do at this time. That's not how you work in life. So when it comes to Jesus, if you don't get emotional, you're telling me that your relationship with Jesus is not as important to you as your golf game, your job, or your sports team. Because you get emotional about that. Well, let me tell you right now, I know who Jesus is, and I'm the guy that gets emotional about it because I know where he brought me from, and all oh, glory. And if I'm going to get tore up, uh, I... I'm the guy. I'm the guy on the golf course that when I shank it, I go, oh, come on. This is stupid. I quit. How many times have you quit? How many times? Man, when it comes to Jesus, I get emotional because I know where he brought me from. I know what I was, and I know where I'm headed. Amen. Go ahead. You can clap your hands one more time to him. Amen. He is so good. I want you to watch this. John chapter 20. I told Shane we was taking you there. Let's start with verse 16. Jesus said to her, and she turns. She says, Rabboni, on down. Let's go to verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said unto them again, peace be unto you. Jesus was the first flower child. He's peace everywhere. Peace be unto you. As my father had sent me, even so I send you. Listen to this. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, we don't understand that because we read through that in our devotion and we don't understand exactly what's going on. But Jesus told us, uh, take me back to John 14. I gotta show you this real quick, then we'll preach. Verse 16. 
John 14 and 16. We know that John 14 is, Behold, in my Father's house are many mansions. That's what you're, that's what you're hung up on. I remember being a kid sitting in country churches, and Randy, they'd say, Lord, build my mansion next door to Jesus. Did y'all not go to them kind of churches? Has anybody heard that song? Maybe in a better tune, but my church, they said, And tell the angels I'm coming home. And they were so hung up. Is that the, go ahead, give me a hand. That's good. That's good, right? I need me a banjo. They sang about their mansion. And they were so hung up on this mansion. I just want to live in a mansion. But I figured out something about heaven. It really doesn't matter to me if the streets are gold as long as he's there. It really doesn't matter to me if I get a mansion or not. And I know some of y'all are caught up on that. But as long as I'm in the same vicinity as Jesus, you can put me in a cardboard box if you want to. As long as he's there. David said, though I make my bed in hell, as long as you're with me, I'm all right. So he says that. And if you look at it and you study it through there, he's saying that in my father's house are many rooms. There's, there's many rooms. Let's go down to verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Let, listen, listen to this. This is important. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Now, Randy, he's not talking about the second coming. He's saying, in a little while, you're going to see me. Oh, this is good stuff. He said, Mary, go tell the disciples that I ascend to the Father. Numbers 19. Are you okay right now? Because when this is over, it's over really quick. Numbers chapter 19. Give me that, Shane. Are we there? Watch this. He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. Seven days unclean if you touch a dead body. Seven days. <laughs> y'all didn't know this. I'm telling you, y'all don't know this. He shall purify himself with it on the on the third day, and on the seventh day he shall be clean. But if he purify not himself the third day, then the seventh day he shall not be clean. <laughs> Whoa! I'm having a time right now. I'm having a bim up here. Because you don't know where I'm going. That's why I get to be the preacher. He, if he touched something dead. Now understand this. Jesus never touched anything dead. You say, yeah, 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 remember he, he touched that girl and brought her to life. No. As soon as he touched her, she wasn't dead anymore. They say, how could Jesus touch a leper and not be unclean? I'm going to tell you how. Because he never touched a leper. Oh, yeah, this is good. You say, oh, Jesus hangs around sinners. When Jesus hangs around a sinner long enough, a sinner becomes the same. 
The resurrection wasn't just an event. He said, I am the resurrection. So as soon as he touched that which was dead, it wasn't dead anymore. Except for one thing. Him. Him. He died. He died. And when he died, he was touching himself. His hands is touching him. There was no life there. He was dead. So the law said that if a priest would touch anything dead, on the third day, he had to cleanse it. He had to wash on the third day. I'm going to tell you why we're celebrating Easter on the third day. Because the priest had to get up on the third day. Because if he didn't get up on the third day, he, oh, y'all following me? It was day three. He said on the third day, he has to purify himself. On day three, he looked at Mary and he said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't you even touch me because I've not yet ascended to the Father. Whether you know this or not, there is a tabernacle. There was a tabernacle on earth, but there is a heavenly tabernacle. Perry, he had to ascend into heaven and take the blood and apply it, and he had to go through the ceremonial law because he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Watch this. On day three, he gets up. Mary, don't touch me. And the Bible very plainly tells us on day eight, he says, Thomas, touch me. Why on day eight? I'm going to tell you why. Because he made an offering. And because he made an offering, he told him in John 14, he said, I'm going to bring you peace, and I'm going to bring you the Spirit. I'm going to come unto you. John 20, he comes in and he says, peace, peace. Where you been, Jesus? Where you been? I'm going to tell you where I've been. It's day eight now. It's day eight. I want to let you know I'm clean. I'm clean. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I got up on day three because the law said I had to purify myself. I want to let you know I'm clean. Peace, peace. And not only did he say peace, he breathed on him and said, receive the spirit. Where had he been? He had been to the Father. What does that mean to you? That means now you can go to the Father because he went to the Father. So you wonder why I get so tore up. Because when I was a sinner, I couldn't touch him. Somebody, if, if, if this is your testimony, I want you to raise your hand and, and let me know. How many of y'all was raised in church by a godly parent or godly parents and you tried to live right and you didn't, so you quit. Raise your hand. Quite a few. How many of y'all been saved since birth? I love asking some people, uh, how long you been saved? All my life. I went to church all my life. I didn't ask you if you went to church all your life. I asked you how long you been saved. The devil's been going to church his whole life too. And so what I would do is I'd go to the altar and I'd say, man, I need to give my life to Jesus because I was scared to go to hell. Raise your hand if that was you. Man, they used to preach hell hot and it was scary. And we had coal stoves and we were poe. And they would start talking about them pipes getting red hot. And I seen them red hot and I was like, man, I don't really, really want to burn. I don't want to burn. See, y'all young people, y'all don't understand that. It's all on a thermostat. 
and it brings in air from the outside, and it turns it into warm air, and you're like, this is so cozy. But it wasn't like that when we were kids. Can I get an amen, old people? You had to take out ashes and carry in coal, and, and it got hot. And when it got hot, it got real hot. And when you woke up every morning, it wasn't hot anymore. It was cold. But boy, when that pipe got hot, I was like, man. And then preachers, they'd say, you don't want ah, to go to hell because ah, it's hot. Ah, and there's going to be weeping ah, and gnashing of teeth. Ah, and there's going to be. Ah, eh, and I was like, I don't want to go. Ah. Don't want to go either. Ah. And they'd give an altar call. And I'd go to the altar and I'd pray. Anybody with me? And man, I'd be so scared about going to hell. And it'd wear off. My fear would wear off. And you know what I'd do? I'd quit. And then I'd go back to church. Ah. And I'd hear it again. I was like, no, I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn. And I'd go to the altar and I'd try it again. And you know what I'd do? I'd quit. Then I'd go back. Uh, I remember some of his sermons. He'd say things like, even old hound dog knew when I got saved because I didn't kick him off the porch anymore. I mean, the hound dog knew when he got saved. You remember that, Mom? Yeah, even old hound dog knew. I was scared to go to hell. I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to burn. They, they, they twisted it to me in a, in a different light than what I needed to hear because I found out that it's not about dodging hell. It's about finding Jesus. It's not about just getting away from the devil. It's about finding Jesus. It's not about just laying down my sin. It's about picking up a living Savior. There's a difference. Ah. Man, I'm telling you, once I found Jesus, getting away from hell ain't no problem. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm still a mess, but I'm saved. Look at the person beside you and say, you're dysfunctional. And look at the person on the other side that you didn't want to talk to the first time and say, you're dysfunctional. You're dysfunctional. I'm dysfunctional. All God's children are dysfunctional. You're in a good group if you're dysfunctional because God takes dysfunctional people and gives them function. I'm not running from hell anymore. I'm running to Jesus. And when I run to Jesus, I'm running in the opposite direction of hell. It's not about getting away from there. It's about getting to him. He said, a little while, just a little while, I'm coming back. Just a little while. And he comes back and he's throwing out peace. He said, peace I give to you. Why? Here's where it gets really good. Because he was the only one. He was the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. For so long, I tried to save myself. To you young people, this was my conclusion when I was young. Heaven and Christianity is for old people that have no temptation in their life. 
They just sat around and knit. What else? What do old people do now? They can stuff. Where are you from? A farm? What do they do? They Facebook. And they don't do it good either. They don't. They mess it up. They think that their Facebook thing is a search engine and they type in stuff and they send it and you know what they're looking up. <laughs> they, they, I thought, man, Christianity is for old people that have no temptation in their life and they're studying for their final exam. And I had this idea I was just going to wait till I got old and get saved right before I died and had all kinds of fun till I got there. But... Right at the last minute, I was going to clock in. My favorite thing in the Bible was the story of the last people that came in and got paid the same. That's a good story. You mean I can come in at the very last second and still get the same reward? You're not guaranteed another breath, buddy. It wasn't about trying to barely make it in. It was about he found me and he called me. And I'm going to be honest with you, I ain't been the same since. Oh, I'm still a mess, but I'm his mess. Oh, you're dysfunctional. I'm dysfunctional. But God's got a way. Amen. Shall purify himself on that third day. Jesus got up on the third day. He comes back to the disciples. He begins to give them something they had never, never had before. He breathed the Spirit into them. How could he do that? Because he's the same one that breathed life into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. If he can blow breath into Adam, and Adam become a living soul, he can blow his breath into me, and I become born again of the Spirit, not just of the water, but of the Spirit as well. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? Do you know how great Jesus really is? Watch this real fast. I got to hurry. Y'all got me telling stories about my childhood. I'm just nostalgic about coal stoves. and ah. Daniel 7 and 13. I want to show you this real fast. Because if Jesus ascended and he took that into heaven, and if he done that before the public ascension, and if it was seven days to where he said, I went to the Father, now you can touch me. Do y'all see that? Does everybody see that? We got that now? Because I'm telling you, I, I was never taught that. I always thought there was like one time it was done. But Jesus had a work to do. Watch this. If there was an account of what happened when Jesus went into heaven, would you want to read it? Would you want to read the account of if, if Jesus showed up in heaven? To offer the offering for you. Would you want to read it? Okay, come back next Sunday. And we're going to read it. To you. I'm going to read it to you right now. Daniel 7 and 13. Daniel's a book we dodge because we don't understand it. Watch this. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. See, now, I don't know if y'all paid attention to them songs like I did when I was a kid, but they said there weren't going to be no more tears in heaven and there'd be cloudless days. Y'all remember those songs? There's going to be cloudless days. I'm like, why are these clouds in heaven then? Brother Bobo lied to me. Why are there clouds in heaven? 
Is he talking about literal clouds or is he telling us something different? Because Hebrews calls people clouds. And he said we're surrounded with what? A great cloud of witnesses. So if you believe what we preached last night, that Jesus led captivity captive, and he took this cloud of witnesses, these Old Testament saints, with him, oh glory, then you must believe that when he ascended, these are the clouds that they're talking about. The clouds of heaven. And came where? To the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. Who is this son of man? Who is this Ancient of Days? What in the world is going on here? I'm here to tell you, it's Jesus showing up in heaven to present himself on your behalf so that you can have access and oh glory watch this and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed Daniel chapter 7 tells us about four other kingdoms that walked on this earth four great kingdoms and he said oh but there's another kingdom coming and when it comes it's going to be different than every other kingdom. Jesus began his ministry saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Greater than Rome, greater than Greece, greater than Persia. There's a kingdom. It's the kingdom of the almighty God and I'm part of that kingdom. Oh, glory. Uh, Matthew 4, 16, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. Whence it said in a region, a shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, This is post-resurrection. This is post-presentation. Jesus said unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He hadn't said that before. But when he ascended, oh. When he ascended and he took that blood and he obtained eternal redemption for you and me, he got all power, all dominion, and everlasting kingdom. You say, oh, he had it before he got the, Not this kind of dominion. Because what he, oh, watch this. Can, can I have five more minutes? Watch what he does. It's not about regions anymore. He tears down the regions. He tears down the territories. Because after he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What's the next verse say, Shane? Make sure I'm right. He's like, that's the end. There's no more verses. Watch what he does. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. All who? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Go into all nations. What's he saying? This ain't about a territory anymore. This ain't about Greek. This ain't about Persia. This ain't about Rome. This ain't about America. This ain't about Africa. This ain't about Asia. You know what this is about? This is about a kingdom. He said, go. There's no territories now. This is the kingdom of God. And I don't care what nationality, what tribe, what ethnic group. I don't care where you come from. It's the same blood that saves you, that saves me. It's the same Savior. It's the same spirit it's the same way it's the same truth it's the same life oh glory do we understand how powerful that is come on musicians silver arm really quick when the musicians come to you visitors it makes me nervous i hurry up and close daniel said who is this the one like the son of man is coming and he's presenting something to the ancient of days. 
we miss this because you know what they tell us? This is end time stuff. This already happened. The kingdom of heaven ain't coming. It's here. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is not coming. It's here. But preacher, my preacher told me about a millennial reign. The kingdom of God is within you right now. If you're saved, you're born again, you're filled with the Spirit, the kingdom of God is in you. There is no territory boundaries for you. The devil lied to you and told you that you had to get just a little bit better to be part of the kingdom. Can I get an amen? The devil lied to you and said, well, I tell you what, if you can get this, 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 and this done, you can be part of the kingdom. There are some people in here that are born again that some sinners live better by nature than they do trying their best. How many people in here have a problem with your temper? Oh, just thinking about it makes me mad, preacher. Why'd you bring it up? Ooh. <laughs> you know, there's some sinners out here running around. They don't have tempers at all. They're just the sweetest people. Some of them are so sweet, it just... <laughs> you, ever met, you ever met somebody like that? They're just so sweet, you're like, oh, here, she, here they come. Good morning! Shut up. No, y'all ain't like that. No, none of y'all. Y'all are too safe. You ever met somebody so nice they got on your nerves? No? Am I the only one? Yeah, okay, there's some honest people. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of one right now. I work with one of them. They're just nice by nature, and you're trying your best to be nice, and you fight with it. They do by nature what, you're, what you can't hardly do trying. That's not what it's about. Yeah, should your behavior change? Yes. Should you be nicer? Yes. To that level of nice? I hope not. How not? Should you be? Yes. But it's about this. There's going to be some grouchy people in heaven. Because they got Jesus. And there's going to be some nice people in hell. Because it's not about behavior. It's about whether you're born again or not. Some of you haven't gotten there yet. Some of you have been trying for years to do gooder. And you just do more worster. Paul said, the good that I would do, man, I'm still struggling, he said. But are you born again? Are you born again? Has the blood been applied? Should there be a change in you? Yes. It's the mark of a true believer. Should you be on the same level as somebody that's been doing this for 50 years? It depends on how much you want to submit to God. I tell you what, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try to do, get a little bit better, and then I'm going to go to church. You don't get saved to go to church. I'm going to tell you something right now. Some people ain't here right now because they're like, I tell you what, that's the kind of people that's going to go to church down there. I ain't going to church down there. I ain't going to church down there. There's hypocrites. I wouldn't go to a church that didn't have hypocrites. You say, what? Yeah. It's the enemy that plants the tares. 
But you know where he plants tares? Among the wheat. So if there's no wheat, he don't have to worry about planting tares. You know where hypocrites go? To church. If they don't, they're not hypocrites. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm better. I ain't better than nobody. I'm just saved. Well, let me say it again. I don't want to fellowship with them. You ain't better than me. I'm just saved. Oh, look at the person beside you and say, I'm saved. Because Jesus did what he did on the third day. He got up. Oh, he got up. Don't touch me. I'm not ascended. Now we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. Are you glad for Jesus? Are you glad for Jesus? So here's the deal. It's Easter. It's Easter. And I appreciate you coming. It's a little crowded in here. Just for all you visitors, hey, we're in the process of building a church. So if you gave an offering, we're going to put your offering toward that building. Amen. If, if you're worried about that, I drive a 2005 Chevy Silverado. <laughs> Man, we're going to build a building. Why? Because we want to expand this kingdom. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Come back. We'll love you. But right now, right now I'm going to give you an opportunity to deal with something. You may have been tricked into coming. You may have made somebody a value was coming. You may have came to see your family. But if you're not right with God, I don't want you to walk out of here. No matter what reason you came, if you're not right with God, don't leave that way. He took his own blood to the holy place. He obtained eternal redemption for you and I. You can walk in freedom. You can walk in peace. You can walk in love. You can walk in victory. And you've got to do that through Jesus. Well, preacher, i got some things that i got to take care of first. No, let's take care of it right now. You've heard this said so many times. Well, you got to quit this to go to heaven. you got to quit that to go to heaven. you got to quit. You can quit drinking and be a sober sinner. Let me say it again. You can quit drinking and be a sober sinner. But let me tell you what you can't do. You can't be born again and be a sinner. You can't find Jesus and be a sinner. Because he calls you a believer. If he's dealing with your heart, as they sing this song, we want to give you an opportunity. You can sit, you can stand, you can do whatever you want to do. But as they sing this song, if you need prayer, would you come forward? I know you can pray right there where you're sitting. I know you can do that. But boy, there's something about standing up and just telling the devil. Now I'm not staying anymore. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping up. Would you come and allow us to pray with you as they sing? Owning my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope and no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. And death was arrested, my life began. Who'll be the first one to yield their life to Jesus? redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. 
My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested, my life began 